What did the customer say when they were complimented by the cosmetics manufacturer? Aw, you're making me blush. It's Schmanners. I'm your husband, host, Travis McElroy. And I'm your wife, host, Teresa McElroy. And you're listening to Schmanners. It's extraordinary etiquette. For ordinary occasions. Hello, my dove. Hello, dear. How are you? I'm doing well, thank you. Listen, can I tell you something? I know that joke is a long walk for a short (laughs) dive. But is that what it, a long pier for a shallow pond? I don't know. I don't know. But I. <laughs> I don't I'm, think I've ever heard either of those really? expressions. Really? It's a long walk for a bad view. You know, it makes it, <laughs> you, you get through context what they all mean. I, of course. Yes, I do. But I'm very proud of it. I came up with that joke and that it's so, it's such a long setup to get to a dumb punchline. And I really get it because the cosmetics manufacturer is oh, making I, I, the blush. Yeah, I get it. But also, you're making me blush is something you would say. Mm-hmm. You get it? Mm-hmm. Is that clear? And also, we're talking about makeup. So, like, you're making me blush? What if it was a pirate? A pirate in makeup. Are you're making me blush. See, that makes the me make a lot more sense than you're making my blush. Or I See, I was thinking it more like you're making... You're making me some blush. I don't know. Arr. Mm-hmm. But why? But then why is the pirate there? <laughs> but now it's even... Because the pirate likes to wear makeup. Listen. But yes. I Listen. Anyone can wear makeup as far as I'm concerned. But the pirate is just one more level of specificity <laughs> in this joke. That makes it even well, more you don't confused. have to say the customer. You can say the pirate. Let, what did yeah, the no, pirate I, say? I follow. I right. follow what you're saying. I'm saying it's already an oddly specific joke. <laughs> This is probably the most time in for a penny, in for a pound. This is the most time we've spent talking about the setup joke. Um, So we're going to talk about makeup Mm -hmm. um, because so this was my suggestion for us to talk about um, because this is the kind of thing. Listen, I like to wear makeup. Um, I don't do it all the time. It's not like a regular thing of mine, but like when we have live shows and stuff like that, I love to do it. Or photo shoots. Or photo shoots. And you know, for me. You're just living your best life. This is true. But it also comes from, listen, that's always true. (laughs) My life is incredible, mostly because of my amazing family, specifically my wife. My wife. Okay, there it is. (laughs) I love you so much. Um, But when I was young, a younger person. Um, I did a lot more theater. I mean, I haven't really done theater in a while now, at least not, you know, not counting live shows and stuff. But especially when I was a kid and we were doing like community theater, like makeup, you know, you did stage makeup. And it was so baffling to me when I actually started working with a professional theater company. (laughs) Like, no, but unless they were doing like special effect makeup or old age makeup or something. Like maybe you did some eyeliner, maybe you did a little bit. I think I think it really had more to do with the size of the theater. This is true because when you think about community theater, you guys were performing outdoor, right? We did a lot of outdoor theater, and we also did like the um, anybody who's been to a candle night show will will know. We did a lot at the uh, city hall auditorium, which, which is, is fairly, fairly big. large, yeah. and the Shakespeare Company at that time. That we were working with um, was a lot smaller. Yeah, 150 people, seat theater, and people were very close to the stage, so there wasn't a need for stage makeup. But man, I loved uh, both when I was, you know, did it like my stage makeup. I loved doing it, but more than that, I loved having it done to me. Mm. Um, and that's still true now. A Personal couple, care and attention. Yes, a couple times now, I've gotten to do like a photo shoot where somebody has like brought in a makeup person for me. And it just makes me feel like the most special person. Um, and and I stand by that now. Like, the reason I love doing both, my, like, my nails and, like, you know, eyeliner for live shows or more if I can for live shows is, like, it feels special. You know, it feels yeah. like I am getting ready uh, in two different ways. One, taking care of yourself, being very centering, but also a little bit, and this is where it gets goofy, like getting ready for battle you know like that i think the i've always been a fan of anything that's like 
the getting ready, the preparing, the, like, I loved doing my hair all the time. <laughs> yeah. But also, like, for prom, you know? I love that kind of thing of, like, It's pretty centering. Ready. Yeah. Yeah. But it also, for me, because I, when I was young, not now, I'm very confident now, but there was a long period of time in which I was very self-conscious. And so getting ready was, like, I am taking the steps to prepare myself for like my own battle with my anyways yeah you're you're building yourself up a little bit yeah right so enough about my personal history with makeup do you want to talk about your personal history or get right into the history history um well i guess my personal history is is pretty similar i did dance i took dance at a studio for like 14 or 15 years and we had a recital every year um so I guess I did stage makeup for that. And then when I went to college, we did stage makeup. Side note, I've seen some of those pictures from her and her dancer. They're adorable. <laughs> They're one, she has the most like Dorothy Hamill haircut I've ever seen. It's amazing. We've talked about this before. Yes. Um, and I guess in between then I was in show choir, mm-hmm. also stage. Um, but as I did far show as choir like, too. I used I went through a lot of hair gel. You sure did. But also it was the nineties. Um as far as like personal makeup I uh, I didn't have problem skin um, so I didn't really wear a ton I think I remember wearing mascara and again it was the 90s I plucked my eyebrows mm. um, but I always just did just very minimal makeup as far as that went it wasn't something uh, that I was really drawn to or interested in until I started getting into like the retro scene mm-hmm. that I love to to play with now. Um, but I mean, again, that makeup is also fairly simple. Um, it's what they quote call classic, right? Um, red lips, a little blush, cat eyeliner, defined eyebrows, things like that. Um, so it's <laughs> and, not, a, and a kitty face and a little kitty face and you paint a kitty face on your face. Uh, so it's again, it's not very, um, I would say artistic. Mm-hmm. Uh, as far as some of the other stuff that I've seen, like on YouTube, beautiful, like canvas is what people use. What I mean to say no, is I see they yeah, use their art. face as a canvas, and I would love to be able to do that. I, I can't see. This is the thing <laughs> now. I like. I don't know. This is always something that I have been uh, a little bit of a, I wouldn't say crusader, but I, I will complain about any time. Is that the same thing? Yeah. Um, is like, I did <laughs> no, have problem not. skin. You know, I, I, I had acne and I still from time to time have blemishes now. But I remember being in like high school and being super self-conscious about my skin and thinking how jealous I was that girls got to wear makeup. Mm. That I was like, oh, I wish I could do that, you know? And, like, it's it's part of the reason I started growing a beard because it was, like, a good way, you know, to, like, mask part of my face. But now I just wear the beard because it just looks so good. It does. But that's the thing is I remember being very jealous um, and saying, like, I, I was so mad that boys weren't, quote, unquote, allowed to wear makeup. Right, right. And I think that that kind of societal shift goes back, I mean, I wouldn't say forever, but it, it certainly goes a far way back. And I think that's Well, then let's talk about the, the history. We're going to talk about, sure, sure, sure. Um, I think the, the Egyptian episode uh-huh. that we did, we always come back to that. That I was a it. really great idea. Thank you. Um, because in ancient Egyptian society... Both men and women wore makeup, not as like camouflage, but once to again, be this closer is another, this, to their deities. This is another episode where, especially as we're talking about something like this, there's going to be a lot of reference to men and women because mm-hmm. historically that's how it was divided. Not because we see it as a binary, but because historically, <clears throat> excuse me, that is how they divided it. So just want to say that we're speaking in historic terms, not our own personal beliefs. Um, and so the eye makeup was fashioned to look like a um, like the gods Horus and Ra, uh-huh. or the creator gods. Um, and to decorate the eyes this way was believed to provide protection and closeness. Uh-huh. Um, and so not only did they, they fashion this eye makeup 
they also made their own eye makeup. Uh-huh. Um, things like ores made of malachite and galena into coal eyeliner. Okay. Yes, yes, yes. Right? Um, and they would kind of, at, at some point, it wasn't like a distinct pattern around the eye. It was kind of like just like smoky eye all around. Yeah. I feel like I've seen movies about Cleopatra and stuff. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. I wonder, because you said Cole, and it made me think about, I think it's spelled differently, but football yes. players that do the mm-hmm. like, do you think it had the same effect where it kept light from bouncing in their oh, eyes? Oh, I certainly do. Okay. I certainly do. That's what, when football players have like the black smudge under their eyes, it's supposed to help keep light out of their eyes because I guess it doesn't bounce off their cheekbones. I guess that's the logic. Okay. Mm-hmm. Whatever works, right? Um, so if we talk about the ancient Egyptians, we often also talk about the ancient Greeks. Uh-huh. Um, who, as far as, you know, gender roles we were discussing earlier, there was a little more of the separation you were talking about, um, where mostly it was uh, women who wore makeup, but... They weren't supposed to be obvious about wearing makeup. So you can wear. Yeah, here's the thing. This happens a lot. We you want couldn't you. See. I, I made a face <laughs> when she said that. Yeah. We want you to be beautiful and flawless, but we don't want you to look like you're trying too hard. Right. right. So we better not be able to see it. This no this no makeup makeup lip. Right. This idea of like we want you to be beautiful, but if you try to be beautiful, we're going to judge you for being, you know. Over made up. Yeah. Yes. Um. So the the eyeliner was still uh, a little popular, but mostly what came in was the unibrow for women. Really? Yeah, so much so that people sometimes used soot or cork or even glued animal hair between their brows to create the unibrow. Huh. I wonder why. It, I guess, I mean, well, hair I, I, is often regarded as a sign of virility. Um, I say that only because so often now when we think about, but I guess we live in a more information technology age now. But like when I think of a look or something becoming popular, there's almost always like an oddly specific mm-hmm. reason. Like this person did this thing and two months later everyone was doing it. So like I wonder if there was like, uh, like a Grecian high noble woman or something with the unibrow and everyone's like that's a good look and they just went with that who knows a lot of these trends are set by royalty mm-hmm. um, I mean the, the Greeks had democracy but there definitely was a hierarchy yeah. in in their social strata um, I want to talk about this unibrow for a second if we if I was living at this time period and I was like, I need to have a unibrow. Mm-hmm. I'm going to glue this mouse hair uh-huh. betwixt my eyebrows. Yeah. Uh-huh. Isn't that, doesn't that feel kind of strange if what we're trying to achieve is a no makeup, makeup look? Like, I guess it depends I, on how good you are at it. Because right now people glue like fake eyelashes on. And if I don't know... Yeah, but at least I already have eyelashes. You already have eyebrows? Yeah, but they don't touch in the middle. If I see you one day... How good are you at it? <laughs> if, I see, if I see you one day and the next day you see me and I have a unibrow, you're going to know that it's fake. Listen, baby, everybody knows everybody's unibrow is fake, right? <laughs> it's a, it's, what they are is we're in a societal agreement of like, you don't mention my unibrow and I won't mention your unibrow and we're all going to be cool, okay? We're all just going to be chill and relaxed about this whole unibrow thing, all right? Now, do you want some of this quiche or not? <laughs> I don't know. Did they this ha- hap- it happened while they were eating quiche. Oh, right. In ancient Greece. <laughs> ancient Greece quiche. <laughs> um. What, the last thing I want to mention about the Greeks, though, um, which will which will come up again and again, where the ancient Egyptians relied on more um, like mineral kind of makeup powders. The Greeks were the ones to start to dabble in the mercury and the uh-huh. lead, uh-huh. which, I, like I said, will come up again and again. Yeah. 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 Um, moving on, another big trend was during the medieval age, um, and this had a lot to do with 
the church, which really controlled the lives of the of the medieval peasants in Europe. Um, makeup at that time was declared to be deceitful uh-huh. and cool. sinful. Great. Just great, like great, everything great. awesome. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Cool. Mm-hmm. Cool, cool, cool. Great. So people still wanted to, you know, make their skin look nice and look attractive, I suppose. But it was getting harder at this point, uh, you know, with like the plague oh. and like um High, like lack of sanitation, yeah. highly communicable diseases mm-hmm. and skin rashes yeah. and stuff like that. You know, your basic. Right. Your basic stuff. Your basic medieval stuff. Yes. So this this like ethereal, unblemished glow was all the rage, but pretty much everybody had like blemishes. Uh-huh. So again, uh Things like mercury and lead were used to burn away <laughs> the yeah. blemishes. Uh-huh. But then you could use things like oatmeal and vinegar for like if you had closer to perfect skin. Um, but like every so often, it's just nice to be reminded that yeah, people probably smelled bad during the media. Like you know, sometimes we watch like Shakespeare in Love. I know that's Elizabethan, but we watch I don't know. Robin Hood is that medieval? Anyways, we watch these things sure. and we think, ah, oh, how ga- how gallant, oh, <laughs> how lovely, oh, how princes and kings and princes—they all stank. Well, <laughs> they all smelled like vinegar and oatmeal. We talked a little bit about this in another episode. People probably bathed in the way of like wiping their faces, uh-huh. wiping their bodies. Um, you wouldn't get yourself all wet at once, but people also changed their clothes to help with it. And like the rubbing of the clothes. We talked about this. Yeah. Go listen to it. Um, <laughs> the last beauty standard uh, that really sticks out from the medieval area era is the kind of um, elevation of angelic faces faces childlike faces uh-huh. egg-like faces uh-huh oh yeah you know that doesn't actually surprise me at all thinking about art i have seen from mm-hmm. medieval of like very uh uh obular is that yeah. the right word yeah mm-hmm. very um egg-shaped egg-shaped yeah. so what um women especially would do at this time period is pluck their eyebrows and pluck their hairline to give that kind of like rounded, eggy look to their face. Yeah. Oh boy, I've had my eyebrows plucked before to shape them, and it hurts. I cannot imagine the amount of pain that would come from plucking a hairline back. Yeah. That's so much plucking. Um, this is a little side note, but have you heard of Rita Hayworth? Yes. Uh. It has been very well documented that she received electrolysis to change her hairline when she was on screen. Huh. Yeah. How very interesting. Um, so, like, Elizabeth, uh, you were talking about Elizabethan. Elizabeth would bring back this egg look uh-huh. much later, trying to reclaim her lost youth. Okay. Next, we have 16th century Venice. Okay. Um, and this is where we find the, I don't want to say, I, I want to say like the, the height of the lead and mercury based makeups. Yeah, it went on for a while, huh? Venetian Ceruse is I'm what it was called. pretty sure they talked about this on on the lead episode mm-hmm. of, of Sawbones, but this is we're talking hundreds and hundreds of years that people are using lead, right? Yeah. You would think at some point somebody would be like, you know what? <laughs> Maybe this is bad for us. Hey, you notice how we put it on and over the or, or do you, they just think like, well, this is aging, so we better use more makeup? Yes. Oh my goodness gracious. Um, here's the thing. So the lead eats away your skin, right? Yeah. And then because you want to have like a porcelain look you have to put more makeup on top so and it was also very expensive so a lot of people would actually sleep in the makeup up to a week because if they had to wash it off they'd apply more makeup oh my goodness yeah um but the reason that it it 
is kind of highlighted in Venice at this point is because Venice was like party city. Yeah. Mm-hmm. And everybody wanted to look good and see and be seen in Venice. Um, this porcelain look continues to be the trend. Um, and I want to I want to pause for a second to talk about the the whiteness of skin. Um, this is a time in history where there is a large divide between the haves and the have-nots. And one of the ways that the haves uh, continue this divide is by their looks. And if you didn't have to go to work, that meant you didn't have to go out in the fields. That meant you didn't have to be outside. So you, you know, the more practically translucent you were, the higher that you showed your status to everyone. And I, I'm not, listen, I'm not an anthropologist, nor am I a sociologist, um, but I would also imagine that this kind of, that mentality was part if of a huge part of leading to racism. Of saying, sure. like, if it's good to have, like, super translucent skin... Well, now we found people who have like brown and black and darker skin, so inherently they must be worse than us. Do you think that that was a big part of it? I think in the Eurocentric yeah. kind of world that we often discuss, yes. Yeah. I definitely do. I know for certain that there are other trends elsewhere, um, specifically in in the myriad of countries in Africa. I'm certain that there were also trends in um you know, like New Zealand and Australia at this time, which were being colonized. Um, I also have to imagine, like, makeup in Asia is just a completely other bag all its own. Well, the white color appears again in in Asian history. Uh, If you're familiar with the geishas of Japan, um, that's a place where the the face is painted white and then the eyes are outlined in black and red and the lips are in red and you know you know things like that mm-hmm. you can picture that in your in your mind all right so i would say that pre revolution france is the most extra makeup that we're going to talk about yeah okay so again the whiteness right pale, pale skin, so much so that um, people of high of high status also painted like blue veins on themselves to highlight their <laughs> translucentness. Okay. Um, and that, that starts, okay. I Once again, I'm going to go back to something I said earlier. It depends on how good you are at that. I suppose. Like if you could do that, cool, super nail it. But there were definitely some people probably walking around looking like they were doing like zombie cosplay or something, right? Like, sure. Oh my goodness. Um, and then highly rouged cheeks, um, and then a lot of these little kind of felt stickers, almost not. They weren't stickers because adhesive. Really but they were beauty marks. But there were beauty marks that were sometimes even used as a secret language. Ooh. Now um, I have heard of those used to cover like, uh, like sickness, like syphilis sores yeah. and pockmarks and things. Absolutely, yeah, yes, that is the beauty of having a little, uh, a little piece of something yeah. on your on your face. You can cover those. Sometimes things. I do that now. You know, if I get a blemish, I just get one of BB's Daniel Tiger stickers and I just slap it right on my face. And I'm like, oh yeah, my daughter put it there. Oh no, I put it there. <laughs> beauty secrets. <laughs> Oh, man. So these these little stickers and people wore huge wigs, both men and women dressed this way. Yeah. This is, again, one of the times where uh, the gender roles of history converge. And is this the time with the wigs where you might have like a live bird in there? Sure. Or something? Yeah. 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 They wouldn't make wigs that had like bird cages woven into them and live birds in there. And then the birds would just poop all over them. It was weird. Weird right. what beauty was at this point. Um, and then, I mean, it's always weird what beauty is. <laughs> yeah. And then what happens is the Victorian age. Yes. Now, this I know. 
Yes. So basically, Victoria, Queen Victoria rolled in and was like, makeup is bad and wearing too much makeup is bad. I don't wear any makeup, so everybody should not wear any makeup. Yes. Uh, So we talk a lot about the Victorians and their kind of like their etiquette as far as all of their everyday things going back to Queen Victoria. Yeah. Um, And it wasn't just that makeup was bad. It was considered rude. And you did not want to be rude at this point. Everything was about like, we're all hunky-dory and we... um, Proper, 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 proper. proper. Right. Um, So... But people still wanted to wear makeup yeah. because they, again, wanted that a fresh complexion. Yeah. Um, so sometimes a light dusting of powder or powdered rice was even used. Um, Sounds healthier than lead. Yeah. Um, but then people started doing things well they wanted their cheeks to be rosy but they couldn't use rouge because makeup was rude so then they pinched their cheeks right to uh-huh. um to bring a flush out and they wanted to have uh pinkish lips but they didn't want to wear lipstick so sometimes they would bite their lips or chap them on purpose or one of the things that richer ladies could do was buy this expensive wrapping paper, almost like tissue paper, right? And if you've ever licked tissue paper, the dye comes off on you when you lick it. So they would take these little pieces of this wrapping paper and wet it with their mouth and then kind of like blot it onto their lips. That was a kind of way of like the first lip stain type deal. But all of this was super covert because no one was really wanted to be seen as wearing makeup. Because it was rude. It was rude. Quote unquote. But like we all wanted to wear makeup anyway. Like yeah. it feels very It's one of those things where I am now of the opinion that no one should be made to feel to, that they have to wear makeup if they don't want to. But also no one should be made to feel that they're not allowed to wear makeup if they want to. Right. Who the F cares? <laughs> and this is the point in history where um, men at this, yeah, at this time leave makeup behind. Is it Bo Brummel's fault? It is Bo, Bo, Bo Brummel's, Brummel's fault. fault. So we've talked about Bo Brummel's, Bo Brummel. Bro, ah, bro, Bo, nope. nope, Bo Brummel. There we got there it. There he is. And I actually just recently read an interesting Twitter thread where someone talked about like that a lot of when it comes at least to like fashion in regards to toxic masculinity, a lot of it is Bo Brummel's fault because he like basically what they said in the thread is that he couldn't afford like the finery and frippery, you know, kind of deal. So instead. He made men's fashion about a little bit more like austerity compared to what it had been and mm-hmm. saying like, oh, men don't wear jewelry. Men don't wear makeup. Men, you know, their coats are cut like this and this is the line and everything. He was very instrumental in setting the trends. A lot like uh, women of this time period looked up to Queen Victoria. Men of this time period looked up to Beau. And it became, which is surprising because I remember us talking about him. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. And, and at the time when we talked about him, I thought like, ah, what a fancy gentleman, a gentleman after my own heart. But actually, like, the the if you see what men's fashion looked like before Bo Brummel, it was on the same kind of trajectory as women's fashion to go through all these different changes and that men were inter- as interested in fashion as anyone else and, like, mm-hmm. keeping up with the trends. And then after Bo Brummel... The main suit hasn't really changed all that much. I mean, small changes for the last like 200, 300 years. Yep. So maybe it's- the cut changes a little bit. Maybe, um, you know, at some point suits are used to to protest a little bit. The zoot suits during the 40s, things like that. But it, it really doesn't change. You're right. And this is one of those things, and another thing that this is actually something I do crusade about, 
which is anybody who says like men don't do that like oh men don't wear pink men don't wear makeup men don't wear whatever like you don't have to go very far back in history for to find that that just isn't true like there <laughs> there's no such thing as like it's always been nope 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 in fact it changes and sometimes yes sometimes no and sometimes this and sometimes this and like the idea of saying like men don't wear makeup like yes they don't just because they don't like not because of some inherent thing if a man puts makeup on his face his face will fall off what are you talking about <laughs> all right so the last big shift I want to talk about is the 1920s. Um, because of the silent movie industry and the idea of the starlets being the new kind of like trendsetter. So before we had uh, Queen Victoria, now we have people up on the silver screen. Uh-huh. Um, and it was a black and white movie time. Uh, color movies didn't come out for a while. So what you saw was you saw a stark contrast between people's skin and eye makeup, skin and and lip makeup, right? Yeah, so it popped. So it popped because you wanted to be able to see their eyes and see their mouth moving. So still we have this very light complexion, which shows up on the screen as like perfectly white. Um, but... The starlets especially are beginning to really darken around their eyes, um, thin their eyebrows, but still very dark so that we can see on the screen the expression, right? And then their mouth looked almost kind of like a little flower bud, right? Like Betty Boop. Like Betty Boop. That's right. Um, because you wanted again to be I able like to when see- I make you proud. I love that when I, I the the ton of voice. It's I don't I like it sounds like I'm being funny. I don't find it patronizing at all. I celebrated it like I did it. Yes, yes, I, yes, I knew yes. something. Um, so yes, this all made it a lot easier to see the expression on screen, but in a less practical sense, this was the kind of emancipation of women i mean not only in the the right to vote uh but there was almost a sexual revolution going on at this point you saw strong female characters in the early uh cinema and it was more a way for women to assert themselves through their appearance okay cool uh especially one of these women was clara bow um, I know the name. Yeah, you know the name. Um, so the she was kind of like the starlet at the time. And she really paved the way for a lot of the ne- of the next trends, right? The bobbed haircuts, the straight dresses, the, you know, kind of this rejection of a lot of the other trends that had been associated with women of the time. Um, and once we get past the 1920s makeup really starts to change by the decade yeah um well and so did the world so I mean, did the really world think about it like how rapidly we went from like the 30s to the you know world war ii 40s to the 50 like yeah and and post-war know, like, 50s and then yeah. the free love 60s and then the um disco 70s right. and then glam rock 80s and then uh kind of punk, punk 90s. grunge yeah. 90s exactly and then the awesome 2000s which no one has any complaints about uh-huh i certainly do 2000s again was set by a lot of popular uh ladies yeah um you know britney spears certainly jessica simpson um i mean friends was still going on at that point the rachel was a right. late 90s trend so this um this kind of and Kim I Kardashian, Kim Kardashian, yeah, the twenty tens. Um, I don't want to say idols as far as like makeup goes, but you can really see throughout history that there's like a singular point where all the where it trickles down. Yeah, um, and that is really set the social standard as well um and i think victoria is really the the prime example of this 
where um, not only was the makeup that she chose to exonerate, um, not exonerate, what do I want to say? Uh, to uh, I don't know, but uh, whatever. Whatever. <laughs> yeah, you know what I mean. You the, know what I mean. The, the thing she highlighted. Highlighted. Whatever. There, that it. There it is. Um, was as much about society as it was about the actual face. But see, the problem with this is, and this is one of the things that's like the the double edged sword of beauty, right? Of like, if you want to do it and it's your thing, awesome. But then the other side of it is. Like, for example, Queen Victoria, right? You get these individuals that are almost the template of like you're yes, trying to template. Ma- yes, yes, that's you're that's trying a good to word. to match personify. What's the word you're looking for? Anyways, you're yeah, trying to maybe. match that template and not everybody can, right? For some people, that's just not a look they can do. It's not a standard they can reach or whatever. By no fault of their own, it's just not something that fits their look, their whatever. And like that is the dangerous thing about beauty. Um, so uh, enough about the history. We're going to be back in just a second to answer your questions about makeup. But first, a thank you note for our sponsors. Schmanners is sponsored in part this week by Zola. Zola takes the stress out of wedding planning with free wedding websites, your dream wedding registry, affordable save the dates and invitations, and easy to use planning tools. They have over 100 beautiful wedding website designs to choose from that fit any couple's style. The Zola store has the widest selection of gifts all at different price points so there's something for every guest to give. We took a look through this website and I really wish that when we were planning our wedding we could have had this split the gift oh, yeah. idea um, because we have a lot of a, a lot of friends who were able to give a little bit and I think that it really makes an impact when you can split the gift. Especially in this day and age where so many people are like living together long before they get married mm-hmm. where it's like yeah we've already bought like we already have plates we already have forks what we need is like a new TV right? or like a nice camera for the honeymoon something like that but you feel uncomfortable asking for those big expensive items because you know you don't want any one person to have to buy them so with the split the gift like five people can go in on one gift it's a great idea exactly and they have honey fund available and here's the other thing if you're going to buy gifts it is so simple with zola's website for you to either decide to ship them to the wedding ship them to the person ship them to yourself so that you can give them in person like so many different ways and you can it's just great So to start your free wedding website and also get $50 off your registry on Zola, go to zola.com slash schmanners. We're also sponsored in part this week by Squarespace. Listen, you've heard us talk about Squarespace before, but I could go on and on because we are living in the digital internet age. And I would say like not having a website is like, I don't know. If this was the 90s and you don't have any pogs, I feel like it's like that. You know, it's like, what? You don't have a cool metal Wolverine slammer? Like, what are you even doing? <laughs> That's how I feel when people are like, I don't have a Squarespace website. And I'm like, what? You don't have a tube of 500 pogs that you don't know what you're going to do with after 1996? Come on. Get with it. Except, I would listen. personally rather have a website than Pogs. Well, yeah, that's what I was going to say. Websites aren't a fad. <laughs> Websites <laughs> are a thing that everyone should have. Um, you can use the Squarespace website to turn your cool idea into a new website or a blog or to publish content. Uh, like, you know, maybe, or to sell merch. Right. If you want to sell merch or any products, really, you can do it through Squarespace. They have beautiful, customizable templates created by world-class designers, a new way to buy domains and choose from over 200 extensions, analytics that help you grow in real time, and 24-7 award-winning customer support. So make it stand out. Stand out with a beautiful website from Squarespace. Check out squarespace.com schmanners for a free trial. And when you're ready to launch, use the offer code SCHMANNERS to save 10% off your first purchase of a website or domain. 
Have you ever watched a movie so bad you just needed to talk to somebody about it? Well, here at the Flophouse, we watch a bad movie and then talk about it. Yeah, you don't have to do anything. We'll watch it and we'll talk it. We do the hard work. Featuring the beautiful vocal talents of Dan McCoy. Stuart Wellington. And me, America's Rascal, Elliot Kalin. New episodes every other Saturday at MaximumFun.org or wherever you get your podcast, dude. Bye-bye. Bye-bye. Welcome back, and thank you, Dan, for that scathing report. As you know, Max Fun Drive is coming up March 18th to March 29th, which has some folks pretty excited. But as families around the world get ready to celebrate this season of giving, community, and quality podcasts, some are wondering if it's just too much. Are they, though? They are. Some people are all for comedy and culture, but with 45 shows offering hundreds of hours of bonus content, plus all the Max Fun meetups taking place around the world, some people think it's too much. While other people think it sounds totally awesome. I took my granddaughter to the mall to get her picture taken, and the mall pod ferry was short. And I, you know, I'm just going to say it. I'm sorry, but everyone knows the pod ferry is tall. Well, I think we should just leave it there. <laughs> Until next time, here's the news you need to know. Max Fun Drive runs from March 18th through 29th. Be sure to listen to all of your favorite podcasts. I know I will. Okay, let's do some questions. I'm ready. Rebecca asks, when are touch-ups okay? Should I go to the bathroom to do that? Okay, so we got this question in several different forms. Um, so what I would like to do is refer you to Emily Post's advice. The advice is you should probably do it in private because if you're out in public and you're especially like with people, you're basically ignoring them to touch up your makeup. Mm -hmm. Um, but if it's something super quick that you can do without a mirror, um, like apply lip balm or lipstick or whatever, and you can you don't have to shut out the world and enable to concentrate on yeah. it then it's fine you know just don't draw attention to yourself don't be like oh please excuse me don't while look. I touch <laughs> up my powder no something like that um because the main thing is you don't want to ignore who you're hanging out with yes. that's rude um see i would want to go somewhere else for two reasons mm -hmm. one everyone looking at me doing it i definitely then mess up <laughs> yeah <laughs> and two i've seen the faces i make when i put on makeup and they're not flattering faces you know you right. gotta do a lot of like <laughs> when you're doing makeup and I, I just wouldn't want people to see that i would say and so does emily she says to skip anything that involves like wands or pencils or brushes or anything like that unless it's like a quick compact thing um, because, again, it's it just makes kind of a production out of it. Um, Jessica asks, when is it, if at all, acceptable to point out to a friend that their makeup is messed up? Uh, I think when you can point it out when someone might be able to do something about it. Yeah. Right? Um if you are about to go out to dinner and you haven't left the house yet, then you can say, hey, uh, your eyeliner is smudged. Then that person can go and fix that, right? But if you are already at the restaurant, you're out and about, you're doing things, if it isn't like major, like I would definitely want someone to tell me I had lipstick on my teeth. Right. I. Uh, but if my eyeliner was askew... I probably wouldn't mind. I think that this is a couple things. One, you say friend, which has a difference to me. Like if it's a friend of mine and I know they'd want me to say something, right? Mm -hmm. That's different from like leaning over and saying to a stranger like, hey, your lipstick is messed up. If if they can do something about it, yeah. then I would say sure. Um, but what's the point if yeah. if you if you can't if you and your take care like of in the middle of watching a concert like who cares you know what I mean if they're about to have their picture taken that sure. might be an important time to point it out but like hanging out at a party with friends or whatever it's probably not that big a deal you and know? It, it is liable to make them more self-conscious about their makeup like being messed up 
if you point it out and they can't fix it. Um, this question is from Nathan. What, where, when is it most appropriate for men to wear makeup? Um, my answer for that is whenever you want to. Um, and and specifically because, you know, like I said earlier in the show, I don't think anyone should feel like they have to wear makeup. And I don't feel like anyone should feel like they're not allowed to wear makeup. Mm-hmm. Um I will say, at least for me, to kind of though I I now only feel comfortable doing it for myself, and this is purely in my own head. If on some level it makes sense for me to do it, like I can justify it myself, like an occasion, right? I hope eventually I feel comfortable doing it whenever, right? But like right now, uh, I just don't yet. Um, and so maybe I will in the future. But right now, like if I'm doing a live show or going to a photo shoot or something. So I would say if someone is looking to start wearing makeup and wants to get more comfortable with it, find something that's, you know, coming up on the horizon and make that your excuse to do it. That for me is always kind I of I hate been, it when you say excuse. I want you to say occasion. Occasion, right. Make that, that makes your, it your occasion, occasion to do it. That's what I tend to do for my, like I, the first time I dyed my hair was for Candle Nights 2017, I think. And, like, I dyed it red, right? Because I was like, oh, it's a Christmas show. It's Candle Nights. I'm going to do this, right? But really, I just wanted to. Mm-hmm. But for me, who I am, I needed an occasion to do it. Yeah. Um, this question, let's see. This is uh, from Riley. What is the rule when you accidentally get makeup on things? I am new to it, and I got lipstick on a cup in a cafe and tried to wipe it off with a napkin, but was uh, told by a passing old lady not to bother because the staff will handle it. Is that typical? Is it bad if I do it anyways? It's not bad if you do it anyways. Um, I have to say, though, it's a lot easier to get a lipstick stain off a cup than it is out of a napkin. Mm. Um especially if the napkin, you know, the cloth napkin is what I'm talking about. Um, But here's what you do. So if you notice that you've left a lipstick mark on a cup, just endeavor to continue to drink from that spot so that you don't get lipstick all the way around the cup. This will help with two things. First of all, it will make it so that there's only the one stain on the cup. And it also will make it so you don't get lipstick under your nose. (laughs) Oh, uh, or on top of your nose, because when you drink from a cup, sometimes you end up touching the opposite side to the top of your nose. If you're trying to get to the very bottom or, or you know, just kind of inadvertently um, and you can get lipstick on your nose. If you do that, I have done that. So keep it to the same spot. Don't rotate the cup to kind of spread it out or anything. Um, same thing goes with like forks and spoons, things that you put into your mouth. Don't worry about wiping it off. You're probably going to eat it off anyway, either from directly from your lips or from food to lips. Um, so don't don't get embarrassed about it. They have most restaurants have like industrial kind of washers anyway. So lots of people are not washing their their service wear by hands. But as Teresa said earlier, don't use like restaurant linens to blot your lipstick or your mm-hmm. makeup or whatever. It's that's a lot harder to get out of that than it is to, like get it off porcelain or china or glass or whatever than to get it out of fabric. Use like tissues, something you can yeah. throw away for that. Uh, one last question. This is from Tristan. When is it appropriate to compliment someone else's, uh, someone on their makeup? Well, so here's here's a good rule of thumb. I think it's always nice to hear a compliment. But you want to actually compliment the physical thing, right? So it might make someone uncomfortable if you say, uh, that lipstick looks great on you, right? But instead, you can say, I love that color lipstick. Mm. So you separate the actual thing from the person so that there's just that little bit of distance between the compliment and what might embarrass someone or... Well, because, I mean, think about it. Take it outside of makeup, right? That is a great shirt versus that shirt makes your body look great. Or that shirt looks great on you or, or something like that. It's, a, it's about... That, then it's... That is a great shirt is about good taste picking out that shirt. 
versus that shirt looks great on you is saying you need that shirt to look good. Like or that, even that I'm ogling your body. Yeah. Like, you know, we don't want to do that. So it's it's a good idea if you're going to compliment eyeliner, if you're going to compliment lipstick, you can say, I love that color lipstick or um, the shape of your eyeliner is great or um, I love that color eyeshadow, something like that, yeah. right? And, so I, and I think it's get that distance. I also think I can see though where makeup, like facial makeup, is especially tricky to compliment because it inherently says, I've been looking at your face, right? Mm-hmm. Where like you might compliment someone's hair because you saw them from the back or something, or like great shoes. But like eye makeup is like, I was looking at your eyes and they're great. So I would also say, like, this is one of those times where I think it's fairly situational mm-hmm. of like, you know, if someone's sitting at a table with you and maybe they're a friend of a friend and you know them or whatever, that's a lot different from like walking up to someone who's standing on the street waiting for a bus and like saying, that's great. You know, like I think is it a social situation where someone maybe got a little bit more dressed up to go out and might appreciate a compliment more than like they're just trying to get home from work, you know, that kind of thing. Yeah, we talk about this a lot. What's the relationship that you have with this person and the formality and, you know, informality that you use really depends on that relationship. So that's going to do it for us. Thank you so much. This was a fun episode, Tracy. You did great. Oh, I want to thank our assistant, um, Alex, who did a lot of research for me and put together a really great uh, document to help me get through this show. Uh, and we want to thank all of you for listening. Go check out MaximumFun.org. Coming up here in just a couple weeks is the Max Fun Drive. And listen, if you don't know what it is, we're going to tell you all about it when we get there. But just know it's a very exciting time, and we're very much looking forward to it. Um, we won't be around next week because of the Joko Cruise, but we still will have an episode. It's going up. It's our live show in Birmingham, all about saying sir and ma'am. Uh, That was a very fun one. I just edited it, and it's really good. I liked it a lot. Um, Go to McElroy.Family, click on Tours, and when you do, you're going to see that. What's that? The McElroys are coming to San Jose, California, and Salt Lake City, Utah. Yeah, that's right. We're going to be in San Jose uh, April 2nd and 3rd, and then Salt Lake City on the 4th. We're going to do some My Brother, My Brother and Me's, and an Adventure Zone in there, and probably some Schmanners. Um, uh, Definitely some Schmanners. (laughs) So, uh, if you you want to get tickets to that if you haven't yet mcroy.family and click on tours you can also click on merch to see all the amazing merch that's there um for all our shows but we also have a new tote bag there uh it's very cute it says mind your schmanners um and you can get that at mcroymerch.com uh, or mcroy.family and click on merch uh we want to thank brent Bruntofloss black for our theme music which is available as a ringtone where those are sold. Thank you also to Kayla M. Wassel for our Twitter thumbnail art. You can follow us on Twitter at SchmannersCast. That's where we announce a lot of our uh, topics, get topic ideas, and take questions from you. Also, thank you to Keely Weiss Photography for the cover banner for our Facebook group, which is Fan Run schmanners fanners get it so join that group if you could if you want to give and get excellent advice from other fans and that's going to do it for us so join us again next week no rsvp required you've been listening to schmanners manners schmanners get it MaximumFun.org. Comedy and culture. Artist owned. Listener supported.